0: Good. How are
1: you? Missed you last week. You left just the boys here. It was. day
0: I know. Oh,
1: I know. You were almost responsible for something seriously bad, but I'm, gl- I'm glad we were all right. Mm-hmm. Joe Smith down there. How you doing today, bro?
2: Oh, uh good, good. My mu- my body is sore in ways I didn't
1: know it could be sore this I'm, week. So. I'm literally murdering Joe Smith. I'm going to tell everybody that's live on the podcast with this new program. It's he's Watch going me. to be the right I heard now. about it. <laughs> My hands, like, I I didn't really
2: expect them to hurt so bad, but they're just, oh, they're just so sore.
1: <laughs> everything's going to get stronger. That's that's the that's the key. Every little thing, even your hand muscles, even the yeah, little connective tissue joints, everything's working. We're going to, we're building that Iron Man strength that we need.
2: Yeah, yeah, I get that. But when you have to do like switches on a pull-up bar, like, it's yeah.
1: wild. I know. <laughs> We'll get there. It's gonna. You're gonna be flawless at it by the end. I'm doing basically the same program. I know. I told you that. So yeah. we yeah. We're we're doing this shit together. We're in. I believe yeah. with the lifting dead army, bro.
2: We'll suffer through
1: this together. We got it, Mikey. It's nice yeah, to see you back. How are you doing, bro?
2: Good. You're all right.
1: I've been I've been on Mikey too. We've been texting and stuff. I've been telling him I know where you lift, dude. I see you. I'm watching you even when you don't think I am. I see that you're uh, sticking to your nutrition plan. That's good. You look you look more uh you look more shredded from this angle. Good in there, hopefully. <laughs> good. You're down five yeah. pounds. Yeah, down five pounds from last week, so that's great. Another five this week. No, no excuses. Yeah. We got this shit. Good for you. Ashley's a good job hard. keeping them on track too. I'm not taking all the credit. <laughs> no hawk Mandy. What's been going on? Fill us in.
0: Uh nothing much. Cool. I have really just been you know, doing the normal routine for myself. Um, cool. School's coming up next week. So I'm nervous about that, but excited. at the same time.
1: You're going to be great. It's going to be great. We're here for you. If you need yeah, any advice from the Lifting Dead Army, you know where to find us.
0: Absolutely.
1: So laser beams will shoot out of our eyes and help you. With that. <laughs> no problem. I can't wait for today. Today's going to be a ton of fun. We're waiting for, a- Adam Gorak says he's coming on. It's probably like three in the morning here. Oh so there, so I'm I'm not going to hold him to it, but oh, it's uh, he might not show up. It's okay. We can't get mad at him. But if any of you have listened to the Lifts and Riffs podcast before, my co-host, Shuler Benson, the Cardio Killer, is coming on, and we're going to just totally nerd out about the Super Deluxe Edition of Volume 4, and then we'll talk about some crazy fun stuff.
0: Sweet. I watched the video this morning about that, so you're unboxing.
1: I'm really sorry you wasted your 12 minutes, 12 minutes of your morning watching that video, but I hope, I hope you laughed, and I hope that uh, everyone found it entertaining and useful. It was um, 30 minutes. So. Yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> 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 Thanks for paying attention, man. You know more than hey, me. For sure. Hey, for sure. I just watched it myself, too. It's fun. Good. We I love doing those videos. We're gonna get back to it. It's it's more fun than a lot of the times with writing the tunes from the crypt reviews. If we can manage to bust one of those out, we like to. And we're gonna be doing more regular content on the YouTube channel. So that's that's a lot of fun. This came. I'm sure we'll get into it with Shuler. An awesome book. We're gonna we're gonna dig in. If did you any of you get a chance to re listen to Volume Four today, or did you just watch my stupid video of it? Okay. Well, I think. The, we're gonna find some newfound reappreciation for Volume Four. I did myself, and I know Shuler has a lot to say, so we're gonna get him in here now that I've introduced him to the world. Let's see, he's he's a ridiculous force, and I love him. It's royalty. He's he's not even there. Check him out. He's out the window. Who's <laughs> gonna come? He's a Morpheus. You don't there, know. He there he is. What up, Schuler? Hello, motherfuckers! Hello, what's up, dude? This is gonna be sick. I inter- I, I laid down the law. I, I gave them a little background. I introduced I introduced the Cardio Killer to the world, so they know what they're in for. And uh, allow me to introduce to you: this is Mikey, the Warlord Golas, and his lovely girlfriend Ashley. Hey guys, good to meet you guys. Joe, Joe Smith, Omaha, Nebraska's own Batman. Uh, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska's own Batman. Yeah. No hawk man. She's she's the white Bruce Lee woman. And I
2: see. I see.
3: Good to meet you as well. Good to meet you.
1: Morning. And we're we're gathered here today for one reason and one reason only: talk about Black Sabbath Volume Four Super Deluxe Box Set. Schuler, what's up? Let let's go. What, what's up with you, man?
3: I I have had just a really good time over the last week sort of rediscovering this record, which is one of my favorite records of all time. Um, One of the things that I have really liked about the super deluxe boxes that they've they've done, they did one with Paranoid a few years ago, um, is sort of getting this look inside the studio environment at some of the shit that that was recorded and that didn't make it onto the final cut or that that they've gone back and sort of dug up, Uh, all kinds of stuff that's just part of that 70s analog recording experience that you don't really get that much of with with bands these days and that's not a complaint it's just sort of the nature of the beast you know Absolutely. Um, but getting to hear some of the crosstalk and the outtakes um, too, man. yeah that was a lot of fun one of the one of the things that I liked most though is you know with a band like Sabbath you're going to have especially for people who've been listening to him for a really long time there's going to be songs that stand out and songs that you kind of skip over a a black sabbath song that i've always fucking hated and that that has not changed is is changes i can't stand that song um and i know i'm the bad guy that's fine i've 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 dealt with that before um but the opening track for volume four um wheels of confusion the straightener is a song that i just never really clicked with i I always kind of was like i I don't know why this is necessarily starting the record when there's, you know, supernat. Uh, uh, Tomorrow's Dream would have been a great choice to start the record. Uh, it just never clicked with me, you know, for all the years that I've been listening to the record. But the alternate take on that second disc, uh, or maybe it's the third disc, I can't remember, that opens it and it doesn't have the guitar solo over the beginning, Yeah, totally changes the vibe of the song, man. And
1: I, I, I really dig it now. Like, I really enjoy it. I found the same thing too. Listening to those outtakes, like it sounded like "Wheels of Confusion" should have been on "Master of Reality." If you when you yes. listen to the outtakes, right? It's, yes, it's uh, it's great to hear like the skeletons of these songs and like yeah. how they became. And it uh, it made me, as you know, we've talked about it before. Volume four isn't my favorite Sabbath album, but listening to this is it's definitely increased its rank just by going back sure. and hearing everything and. Uh, all the studio dialogue and stuff, like, that's one thing um, that I wish there was more of with Sabbath. Just, like, how much, yeah. how many times can you listen to these records and, like, look at interviews and everything? Like, I wish there was more footage of them in the studio, more shit to hear. So, like, hearing that stuff, like, hearing Ozzy say something about Tony Iommi's guitar tone, he, like, tells him to tone it in, like, one of the things yeah. or something like that, like, that's, like, that's, like, listening to, like, God talk when he's, like, creating the earth or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the 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 working title bollocks um for yeah. all of the songs, what's this one called bollocks bollocks, bollocks. Yeah. yeah to to hear that is so cool I mean, but maybe we're the only ones that care about it or super nerds that care about it but that's what this I is don't... for if you're not a super nerd you're not here right now probably yeah agreed agreed and
3: and, and it really does kind of depend on the band like there are some there's some stuff like the all the death reissues that relapse did a few years back. Um, like spiritual healing especially there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the background you can hear them talking to each other there's like rehearsal footage and stuff like that those things are interesting sometimes just sort of to get an idea of maybe what was going on at the creation or the the refining of some of these songs but nothing is quite as fun as just sort of like imagining sabbath in there like in the studio back and forth getting that chemistry with each other and and so that's like instead of just being a novelty like I found myself listening to these several times over um but like on the drive back from DC the other day I had four discs of this this one box set that I was listening to you know over and over and over again just because it's it's so cool to rediscover something like that that you're so familiar with already what about uh what about everybody else man how where's, where's everybody stand on on this record?
1: Yeah,
2: God, chime in, Joe Smith. I I'm on I'm on my like intro to Sabbath journey. Zach is taking me down this road of I've never listened to Sabbath before, so I'm chronologically <laughs> doing what this is
1: of- for. Yeah, that's why we do this. Um,
2: this record was one of my favorite ones so far that we've listened to. I like this one quite a bit. But I was just looking over. Did either of you listen to the live uh, album? or the yeah. live record on this one what the hell happens in a 20 minute sabbath song because there's a track listing for wicked world on here that says it's 19 minutes and 57 seconds long yeah. is this is just like in a super extended jam session
3: yeah that's what it is pretty much pretty much every live recording of wicked world that you find anywhere is going to have them just going off and doing crazy shit in the middle of it which is very much sort of a, a, a remnant of what shows were like at that time
1: okay <laughs> and especially the background of volume 4 when they're all they're all coked out anyway like the size shit yes
3: yeah. just like
1: out there exploring like time and space exactly <laughs> and that whole record that whole live this i guess it's a compilation of just different shows from 73 or in the uk their tour that they were on they yeah. all sound like they're they it's so heavy and so fast just cuz they're so high i feel like you know one bit. Yeah. That's like oh, they just sound like a little too fast, all of them. It's like the raw energy that I really liked. And if uh, I don't know, did are your covers different? Like the, the on the vinyl? Yeah. Like, um, do you have all these two? Like,
3: yeah, I yeah,
1: same thing. Great. Or I love four, four different CDs.
3: I'm a CD baby. I can't help myself, man. Um, but each one's got a different person, a different member of the band on the cover.
1: Same. And I thought that was so cool. It's so yeah. gratifying to see Bill Ward's drums on Volume Four. Bill Ward doesn't get his due, and I, I like that they're making it happen. Why do you think that they chose Volume Four? There's there might be a reason out there or whatever, but I, I didn't look into it. That to do this version, the Super Deluxe reissue first, rather than like Paranoid or something.
3: Well, they did Paranoid a couple of years ago.
1: They did this whole thing with with Bible yeah. too. I missed out on that.
3: Oh yeah, baby. I got it for Christmas twice because the people in my life know me that well.
1: So they did Paranoid, they did Volume 4, is that it?
3: Yeah, those are the only two that have gotten this treatment so far, and I I think it probably just has to do with what's available to them at this point, you know? The the 70s, uh, when this stuff was recorded, might as well be the surface of the fucking moon as far as a lot of uh, being able to reach a lot of the stuff that's left over from that time. Yeah. Um especially you know, you've got
1: record. yeah sorry go ahead especially the first record they probably can't see yes. that shit
3: yeah and so you know I've got I've got all of the reissues that they did because they've done you know they've gone through a number of different reissues with these now the only ones that have gotten this much of an expanded treatment are paranoid and volume 4 and I'm sure that they led with paranoid just because that's probably the the tentpole release that everybody's most familiar with it's got some of their biggest songs on it but my guess with volume four right now is probably just because they had the material available to them and maybe they were able to get it to the proper state. Um, and then also, with the there's a brand new mix on the actual studio record um, on this version of it, a, a 2020 remix by Steven Wilson, um, who you might know from Porcupine Tree. He's done a lot of work with Opeth. He's a big uh, prog producer and musician. And maybe it had something to do with his availability to, to remix the record or something like that. But when you've, got, when you've got a machine like Black Sabbath, which at this point has so much corporate and commercial weight, uh, you know, above and, and beneath it, getting the wheels in motion for a project like this probably takes fucking years and sure. probably takes a whole lot of money. And there's a whole lot of people with interests who have got to be satisfied, right? You've got the original record label. You've got management. You've got Ozzy and his entire corporation, Sharon, and everything that's involved with that. You got Tony Iommi. You got the other guys. So I would think that the process of getting everybody on board and on the same page for something like this would be a pretty massive and long undertaking. Um, whether or not we're going to see any more in the future, like I would certainly, I would certainly hope so. And I think the likelihood of that definitely increases with the fact that Sabbath more or less as they've said are are out of commission at this point you know there's no more tours not necessarily not necessarily any planned new music so in order to keep you know the sabbath corporation the trademark the brand uh running they're just going to have to keep throwing new shit out there and and what that means um (laughs) for future releases is like who knows man they might come across like the shittiest rehearsal era like 1969 recording or something and be like yeah put it out there let's do it and you know motherfuckers like me are going to be like okay take my money
1: i'll take this now more content for this podcast keep it up tony i don't threaten nicely good time let's really release those earth demos and those first live recordings officially i would love that shit check that out yeah did you read the book that came with this by any chance
3: yes yes i did um
1: rather good Interesting stuff. Lots
3: of sort of insights into the time. Like one of the things that I that I do like about sort of the resurgence of the original Sabbath lineup since like 1998 is how they've they've continuously gone back to the dudes and and asked them like at that particular point in time what they think like looking back on it. So like in 1999 they'd say, well, it's 1999. What do you think about what you guys were doing in 1978, 1975, 1970? And they tell them um, one of the things that I think is cool about this, and then they do a little bit of this in the Paranoid book too, is it goes back to actual interviews from the time, like while the record was being recorded, while the tour was taking place, um, and it's actually, you know, getting to hear from the members of Sabbath when they were younger than I am now, and that to me, that to me is, is like almost as interesting, if not more interesting, than things like studio dialogue and everything, because you're getting a look into these people's worldview. Um, just as like ragged out, tired, internationally famous superstars who've been pushed to the brink with touring and performing and recording all this stuff in such a short period of time, at a time when the world was fucking on fire, you know what I mean? Like shit's sure. crazy now, but like this was Vietnam. Like they they had a whole lot whole lot going on, and so to hear them sort of reflecting on the state of the world and living in this weird bubble of motion, you know, constantly being on tour, constantly being in the States, being burned out, being tired, being fucked up, um, eating crappy food, not sleeping, all those things, like to, to, to get into their mindset and sort of hear what they had to say about that at the time is interesting to me.
1: Same, I really thought that was almost the coolest part of this whole thing was reading this book. And that's what really made me have a newfound respect and love for this record that I might not have had as much before also knowing that they weren't really super satisfied with master of reality you know that wild that's yeah like okay like i'm just not gonna be satisfied with the record that invented basically heavy metal but they didn't like the cover they didn't like the sound they thought it was rushed so that's why they really wanted to take the time and make volume four something special and love it or hate it or whatever it's definitely a standout different sounding record because they had that focus
3: yeah it's a it's a party record man like it's It's definitely, I think they were breaking free of some of the the stereotypes that they had gotten saddled with in like a really short period of time. Like it's hard for us as products of this age. Actually, it might make more sense for people who are like in their early twenties or in their teens right now because the streaming environment has changed the pace of the music industry so much, right? There's like a new song dropping every couple of months. Um, You know, like a pop star will go in and like record three new songs and then just stream them immediately. There's no physical release. That is much more similar to the way the music industry functioned in the late 60s and early 70s when bands were just like hammering out records and staying on the road. The first three Black Sabbath records came out in the span of 18 months. That's crazy to think about, you know. Um, And I like I, I forget where I was going with that thought necessarily, but
1: it's not uncommon. Um, to, yeah to
3: really well, it's early in the morning I still got my coffee in my system typically when you and i are like talking and interviewing people it's like 5 30 and I'm about to fall over yeah. um but like right yeah. now I'm still going baby I'm ready to fire
1: yeah keep it up man back um, for these people they, they want the, they want the weirdness that's why they're <laughs> here they, they show up at like 8 30 in the morning to hear me talk to they're, they're legit well um <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fucking. So what's cool about this podcast, right? Is a lot yep. of people that listen to it and show up aren't necessarily the biggest, like we're, we're definitely the biggest Black Sabbath fans here for sure. And and it's kind of cool to see people's reaction, even if you, they don't like it necessarily, yep. they show up or they're at least interested in what we have to say about it or the lessons we can learn from it. And, or just it's so perplexing and weird that we still care and the world still cares that much to hear about black sabbath recording volume four you know 40 years after after the fact it's just a testament to how legendary and meaningful that this music actually is i
2: think think for me it's really exciting just to see people who are so excited about something like that that makes me super happy to see some like just people who are it might not be something that i give a shit about or i'm compassionate about but like i'm willing to give it a chance and listen to it but to see well, Zach every week and yeah, now like this week, get another person. You guys are just like, ah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a thing. passion. So it's and that's uh that's not uncommon in the in the metal community. You know, you get three of us together to talk about Black Sabbath, you might not even know that person at all. You could have a two hour conversation, no problem. You know, feel like you know that person forever. Like Schuller just reached out to me one day and was like, I want to write for you. Right, right reviews for you. Let's do this podcast, and then it just on the basis of death metal, we're like brothers now, and that's, that's that's pretty uncommon in a community that's not heavy metal. I don't think I don't think I have that with anybody else in a, that's not a metal fan or a Sabbath fan.
3: Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of sort of experiences with this music that I think are universal. Um, And I I think that it feeds into other aspects of pop culture that are also very niche in a very particular way. I think that like, um, you know, metal's connection to horror, for one thing, I think is a a, sort of a, a jumping of mediums in a way that is, that is quite natural given the subject matter of both of them, but that you don't, and, and this is not to say that metal is better than anything else, right? I'm not talking about like a hierarchy. I'm just saying as somebody who's sort of on the outside, right, I, I don't typically look at another genre, like country, for instance, and think of a a sort of connection that it might have with a certain type of movie or a certain type of literature. It's not to say that those things don't exist. It's just to say that the connection between metal and a a handful of other sort of niche subculture aspects um, is is so deep and so germane that I think a lot of times when you do come across people who are into one of these things, there's a high enough likelihood that they're gonna be into other things. And that gives you sort of a blueprint to, to to, to bond with other people and to to share your experiences and your passions and nerd out about shit you know what I mean like I I wish that I was this excited about like world peace like yeah. politics yeah. like uh, you know saving the environment of course all of those things are important and and I think that you know to be to be a real passionate custodian of this kind of music is to see how you can make your love of it feed into other things that don't necessarily connect to that obviously. So you've got the obvious connection between metal and horror. Um, one of the things with Black Sabbath that there's a huge connection with, and we see this in volume four too, is this, this growing notion of environmentalism, right? Um, looking at the world around them at the time and being like, this is the fucking cinder. Like this used to be a green paradise and we have destroyed it. And like this was in the seventies, you know what I mean? Think about the changes that have been made to the climate since then, to the planet since then. Um, And so to look at what Black Sabbath is talking about on these records, Geezer Butler primarily being the lyricist and to sort of look at how those things might have affected an audience at the time and how they also sort of uh, reflect the world that we live in today. You know, you can be excited about these things and sort of let that excitement carry you into something else, right? And um, that maybe is what, from the outside, appears to be a much more worthy cause to be super passionate about, like caring for the environment or um, mental mental oh. health, you know, wellness, physical wellness, that kind of thing. Always, oh. they're super important, and they improve your long
1: life. Yeah, and uh, the, these guys know I, I make those leaps and bounds to connect Sabbath into you know living a better life, helping people, being your best physical fit at your best physical fitness self. Because Tony Iommi, I mean, look, I look at him and I draw inspiration from him for the podcast for and, and everything. He kept this band alive through fucking hell and back just because he believed in the power of playing this music. You know, yeah. and that's why we go through, especially when I was doing the solo cast before this was a thing, you know, we went through the whole lineage of Sabbath and the, the constant thing, no matter how good or how bad the record is, starting from the beginning till the end, it's Tony Iommi, just like, just, Fucking driving force it, you just it, that's that's pure passion if that doesn't inspire you even if you hate sabbath like nothing's going to
0: yeah, I, I think that's the cool thing about it sorry to interrupt oh no, no no please yeah, go no, ahead
1: want- you, you have you have to interrupt us
0: yeah.
3: otherwise we will not shut the fuck up please yeah. jump in
0: yeah, i was gonna say that it's just it's cool because like going back to the whole like community thing and you know i think now anything more than I would say maybe 10 years ago or something. I think a lot of music, at least the popular music, has lost a lot of meaning. <laughs> and you know, they're just, you know, like I'm not gonna name names, but name
1: names. WAP
0: <laughs> is not exactly <laughs> or WAP, whatever you want to call it, is not exactly the best, you know thing to get information out there, you know, in my opinion. And then, like, you know, Black Sabbath especially, like I'm not the biggest fan either, but listening and reading their lyrics alone. It's just like, there's an actual message, you know? And I feel like most music has lost that, but I feel that metal ed- metal um, subgenres have really kept, you know, the meanings, you know, the messages in their songs and their lyrics and, you know, the emotions that you feel in it. And I think that's really important. that's why like, I personally try to get people just to like, just just listen to something that is, you know it's not your favorite sound, but read the lyrics cause they are important
1: and uh that's something that inspires me to do what i do at death comes lifting if you take it at face value it's a bunch of Mm -hmm. fucked up shit you don't know what's going on but if you just take this a second to look into the message it's overwhelmingly positive and that's like look at master of reality that's like the record they get like devil worship credit for but there's like christianity themes and the higher consciousness all through all throughout the record so they're kind of like the masters of that and that's what i that's personally what inspires me in an artistic way
0: yeah, I think that's why the community, you know, and the subgenres and everything are fairly, you know, strong and unitive because that's the point, you know. Like, yeah, it sounds cool and it sounds like a demon being resurrected too, but like there's an awesome message too.
1: I like your I like your perspective, Nohawk, Mandy. That's why we love, that's why we want you here. She's she keeps this podcast together, guys. She's the one who actually starts <laughs> <learns> this <shit. laughs> quarterback and shit. I love it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll Quarterback, I'll tell you. <laughs>
3: Oh, and one of the, you know, with with modern pop music or, or modern, um, you know, music of, of any kind, one of the things that I think, even even if there is not quite so direct or heavy-handed a message, because, you know, one, one potential criticism of Black Sabbath or any band that has this much meaning sort of put bald-faced into their music is to say, you know, this feels preachy or this feels like you're trying to make too much of a point. One of the things that I think Black Sabbath's music does, and that I also think that you can find in modern music, modern popular music as well, which I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of, but, but I also have at the same time been exposed to a lot of it through the radio station, um, working with a lot of college undergrads who are listening to new stuff, um, not necessarily always the most commercially popular, but very much pop music, right, is that it gives you, this kind of music gives you a space to populate um with your own deep thoughts right so even something that on the surface and we see this with metal a lot too right like i i love black sabbath and i love i love a number of of bands who have got a little bit more eclectic legacies but by and large what i listen to is death metal most of the music that i listen to is about straight up fucking murdering people right and like that is not necessarily something that i that i aspire to right right? Or that I hear and that like pumps me up or whatever. But I sort of try and look at those things when I do need lyrics to, to sort of create some sort of conceptual scaffolding for me or whatever. I try to look at what's there also as something that I can build on with my own experience or build on with my own interests or my own passions or um, any, anything else that's going to let me take that and personalize it a little bit more. So one of the places that I see Black Sabbath and modern music more popular modern music bridging is into places where it is a little bit more vague conceptually right because while you have a lot of black sabbath songs that are very openly about you know opposing war or about environmentalism or about spirituality you also have some of these other ones that like you really don't know what they're talking about or you have some specifically from the dio era and the uh the tony martin era that are just like straight up sword and sorcery fantasy shit you know like neon knights or headless cross like this is about supernatural stuff uh or like you know um the knights of the round table and shit like that so to be able to look at those things and assign your own values from your own life uh rather than having something that's necessarily going to keep you sort of in that groove of this is a song about environmentalism this is a song about protecting the planet like i think that there's a room for those things to coexist and to to create a sort of productive tension between them right when you've got when you've got like a a, a a modern you know song that is all about like you know fuck I don't even know fucking <laughs> and, and, and 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 vaping or something I don't know like this is I I have I, I so I teach I teach uh writing at the University of South Carolina and and I one of the one of the Projects that, that that my classes do is they get to pick a topic and they create some sort of researched argument about it. And vaping is one that seems to come up a whole lot. So maybe maybe it's just them looking for something to talk about. I, I don't really know, but let's let's for the sake of argument, hypothetically say that there is a song that's only about vaping, right? We've got a super top of the charts uh, song about how cool it is to vape.
2: Um, has to exist. You can take
3: this you can take this like seemingly sort of vapid um commercially interested uh song about this you know unhealthy habit or whatever and maybe there is some sort of meaning that you can project onto that as a 17 year old kid as an 18 year old kid as a 35 year old man whatever um that might not be there on the surface and i think that being able to project your your own deeper thoughts, your own experiences or whatever, onto music that may seem a little bit more shallow on the surface, I think that it takes that kind of reaction to in turn feedback and have artists create something that's more complex and that maybe is a little bit more specific regarding you know, what the song is about, what the message is, if there is a message. And so having all of these things sort of bouncing off of each other is really cool. And I, I, I think that it, it, it's what takes us to new places musically, right? Whatever that may look like. And sometimes it's cool. And yeah, sometimes it fucking sucks. There's no way around it.
1: Well, Snowblind's about cocaine, right? Let's talk about that. Let's just do that. That's 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 similar to the to the vape scenario, right? Sure. Is, is Sabbath glorifying? Is he, is he telling everybody, is geezer, like, hey, everybody, go out and do cocaine? Maybe you can be Black Sabbath, or is it about escaping reality and using drugs to satisfy your mental health? And this is what's going on. You know, it's it's uh it's all about how you interpret that too. It goes back there's to the intent open, of the there. artist. You know, there's also yeah,
2: it's an open interpretation. Go ahead. What go. was that? Oh, I, don't, yeah, I was going to say there's also an entire album that was incredibly popular called The Chronic that is literally about
1: weed. <laughs> that <laughs> album fucking rules, by yeah, the
2: way. It, it was incredibly popular when it came out. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, these things exist. And I, yeah, that's, anyway.
1: Yeah, I like that's a solid point. <laughs> Everybody go listen to The Chronic. But it's it's kind of cool how Sabbath can have a cocaine song next to Laguna sunrise and under the sun and changes and all that and it can they can mend together in a, in a perfect little perfect little message it's a well-rounded message
0: yeah, yeah. It, stuff like that's open interpretation and like you know we were saying before it's like it yeah of course music is fun it can be fun it can be kind of like you know you know inappropriate of course like but there's always that like you know, it's open interpretation for you. So like something that's about, you know, smoking, drinking, you know, sex and all that stuff, you know, you know, sex and rock and roll and all that shit, like it could mend a different meaning for every single person. And that's what's really cool about
3: it. Yes, absolutely. And that one of the uh, things that I was looking at this morning when I was when I was thinking about, you know, coming on and chatting about this was um, other Black Sabbath books. I went back to so this is uh, the second book that Martin Popoff wrote on Black Sabbath, and this is like you want to talk about the nerd shit. Like this is like, I, don't, I have it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Then like, there's stuff in here where you're like, why the fuck would anybody want to know this? That it's like sure. that, it's like that specific and that sort of mundane and 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 inconsequential it's shit that does not matter that nobody should care about. But enough people care about Black Sabbath, they put it together. I was looking for other books a little bit like this on Amazon. And one of the things I came across, Zach, I wanted to see if you were familiar with it is Black Sabbath and Philosophy, Mastering Reality. Are you familiar with that
1: book? I'm familiar with it. I have not read it. I've seen it. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I should read it. I definitely should read it.
3: But I just ordered it, man. It. I'll send it to you after I'm done. Because yeah. I I think there's definitely some interesting stuff going on in there. And I, I think that that, sort of like what Mandy's saying, I you know philosophy is one of those things that you, that you look at from the outside is sort of like this monolithic, unchanging set of ideas, right? But then once you get into it, you can find that there's a lot of different aspects of it that are very subjective, a lot of different things that can be applied in very different ways and mean wildly different things to different people. Um, So I'll be interested to see sort of what the intersection between uh, Black Sabbath fandom and philosophical know-how might generate. It seems to me like a potentially very interesting conversation. Sure,
1: it's basically what we do here anyway. So I want to see. Yeah. You know, you're the first guest ever on Sabbath Sunday podcast. So I I
3: am honored. I am glad to be here. One of these days, it's going to be one of these days, it's going to be Tony Martin on here. And uh, you got to have me back because I got questions for Tony the cat. I got shit that I got to
1: know. I want Tony and I want Bill Ward. I honestly, I honestly couldn't care less about anybody getting anybody else. Tony and Bill Ward.
3: I think Bill Ward would do it, man. Bill Ward's like writing poetry and shit now, so I think he's probably a little bit bored. I think that uh, we could probably get him on here and, and chat, and you know, send him some merch, send him yeah. some fucking Death Comes Lifting shit, and get Bill Ward wearing your shit when he goes to do the, whatever it is he does. What is it? The thing that old that uh, elderly folks do with uh, yeah. The, yeah. Bike, yeah. the, the bike for your yeah, the bike for your arms. I, I I'll touch tug- you. I've tried that thing though, and that thing will fuck you, up. Dude, um, dude, it you up.
0: up. We just got a new one at the physical therapy office and I was like breaking a sweat five minutes in. Oh
3: yeah. It'll wear it'll it'll wear you out. Like I I've had all these I run. The my my main source yeah. of exercise is is running, and I have these sort of recurring nightmares about what would happen if I were to get hurt and I and I couldn't run anymore. Um, and so I've researched the, the arm thing and it's, I'm glad to know that it's out there and that if worse came to worse and I broke my leg or got really severe tendonitis or something like that, I could go and I could do that and still be able to get that cardio rush and, and be able to sort of oh, yeah. maintain
1: that way. I can't stop picturing Bill Ward in our master of iron baseball t-shirt on that thing at a, in a local LA fitness, just like sweating his ass off and nobody knows who he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Go, circling back to the, to the record before we get out of here I wanted to ask you what did you think of just those straight up remasters like I, I feel like on most remastered editions I, I I'm not that much of a music nerd to tell a huge difference but on this one it does sound really good it like, sounds I think it sounds things. great yeah. so there
3: are, there are three there are three primary versions of this record right you've got the original master you've got the 2015 master and then you've got the master that they just released that um definitely the best even Wilson did and the only real difference between the original and the one that came out a few years ago the 2016 remaster sorry um is the volume like this just it's right. louder yeah. And I, that's good, like, because if you, especially if you put it in a mix, right, if you, like, I, if I make an Aussie mix for Black Sabbath, it's going to have volume four in there, but it's going to have 13 in there too. And the volume is just so monumentally different that it's nice to hear it be louder and everything. But one of the things that I noticed about the the mix on the 2020 version that Stephen Wilson did, is that everything sounds so much more lush and deep and crisp, like it really does sound like they recorded this record recently. Um, and that's fucking impressive, man. But if you, even if you're not the biggest fan of Steven Wilson's music, which I'm not, um, a, a lot of it's just a little bit too weird for me. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's not very heavy. Um, the guy killing
1: raping aliens.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. yes. Right. As a as a producer and engineer, there's just no denying that that man is absolutely brilliant as what he at, at what he does. I would love to see him take a crack at some of the other Black Sabbath records that, that haven't been remastered in a while.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome and you have your personal favorite black sabbath song being under the sun uh those last couple tracks on that third is it the third disc that there's that they do the under the sun outtakes and stuff yeah or yeah fourth i mean i was i was thinking of you the whole time i, I bet Schuler's just like a kid in a candy store right now i i,
3: I was man and i still am like that That's that so song cool. i think that that i think that that is black sabbath's heaviest song next to zero the hero riff wise I think that those those two songs are like Tony Iommi at his absolutely heaviest um and I think that um hearing just sort of a little bit of different versions of under the sun and sort of a little bit of a a, a take on where it splits into everything comes and goes uh it's just really cool to watch that sort of come together And, and to and to also think about like how and you get this with a number of black sabbath songs like fairies wear boots jack the stripper Um, under the sun every day comes and goes wheels of confusion the straightener these these songs that are two songs cut into one right and it seems so disparate on the surface that don't seem like they have fucking any business being next to each other or being part of one track but then you listen to it and the connection is seamless and so to look into the demo era stuff um, and the studio stuff and sort of see that process of putting it together sort of coming into being just really cool man really interesting really exciting
1: it's the best i loved it and for everybody here and for me too you know we've had several we've had several we've had at least 26 conversations you know we've talked about black sabbath a lot we ask everybody what their favorite black sabbath album is and i know what your favorite black sabbath album is but just curious if that is that has that changed at all during this time what is your favorite black sabbath album and why for the for the freaks out there you asking me? I'm asking you. I know you weren't ready for it, but I'm asking oh, you what sorry. your favorite Black Sabbath album is and why. Well, this is a closing note. This Lips and the central. We've talked
3: about this before. It's It, it, it obviously changes, um, but I, I think that the one, the one that I will always go back to, um, the one that sort of figured most into like forming me musically that I bonded with my dad over, Um, and that still influences a lot of the music that I listen to now is Master of Reality. Um, And that's, it's a common answer. And I think it's a common answer because the record is so fucking good. Um, I think specifically, some of the things that the band was dissatisfied with are some of the things that make it so striking and so impressive now. Um, The sound is massive. The songs are like, heavy as shit but a little bit sloppy like it's not fast but it's still like coming off the rails in a couple of places um i think the atmosphere is undeniable i think musically like it's that perfect balance of hope and darkness um and i think that also musically so much of the music that i listen to and that i enjoy that's that's come out since then just owes a massive debt to the riffs that are on that record you know what i mean like i was listening to the fucking um, the new Rob Zombie record yesterday. Oh yeah, like great. you can find Black Sabbath influence all over that motherfucker, and, and it's and it and it all has like for me the the influential thing that sort of is influencing Black Sabbath through the ages, and then influencing all of the other bands who ended up taking some sort of inspiration from them. The the, the locus of that the 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 nucleus of that is on is on uh, Master of Reality.
1: Absolutely, couldn't say that's it, my favorite. But- couldn't have said it better myself. So there you go, everybody. Homework, Master of Reality, Volume 4 Reissue. Thanks, this was Absolutely, a- man. This, this was, was a lot you. of fun. We'll we'll have to do it again someday. You're welcome back anytime. You know that. And uh, I love you, man. And I love all of you. Thanks for hanging out with us while we get yeah. caffeinated and talk about Black Sabbath in life.
3: Great to, great to talk to you guys, man. Thank you so much for, for having me on and hanging out. It's good to see you all. We'll,
1: we'll do it again. Nice to meet you
0: definitely
1: nice to meet you y'all too see you next week peace out yes sir
3: we will talk we will we will talk soon i'll see you later today
0: i know check that out
1: all right freaks keep crushing it peace out peace out snow